Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I am your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And this is episode 202. It's our first of the new year, and with the new year comes a new theme. Uh, And we're talking about movies that we missed in 2021. And we're joined today by a friend of the show, uh, who hasn't been on since October, Nick Delgadillo. Nick, how are you? Hello. Fancy free and COVID free. Well, COVID free is the important part there. Yes. <laughs> Especially with uh, with how many you've been to the theater like pretty routinely lately. Ah, uh, what have I? I saw Spider Man twice now in theaters, and I saw The Matrix in theaters. Okay. Um. I saw Nightmare Alley also, but I saw it on the same day as Spider-Man. Okay. Um, um, but no. yes, sorry. I like, to answer your question, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I have been to the theater. Um, no, yeah, I, um, I've, I've seen some of your posts and... Um, I wear a mask. No, for sure. I know that I wear a mask well. and, I, and, I, and I keep a long stick. <laughs> Nobody's good, allowed. Good for beating people mm-hmm. with it. Uh, they're like I literally, I literally bought this seat. It's a signed seat, and they're like, "Nope, not anymore." <laughs> well, what I did for Nightmare Alley was, um, it was because we went and saw that in theaters. And nice, um, lucky you, right? Lucky oh, us, great, ah, oh. good movie. Um, <laughs> dead empty theater, but also to yeah. try and make sure that like no one sat near us, I picked the back corner one seat in because i was like what kind of weirdo is going to come to this movie and be like i need this back corner seat (laughs) and so that was like a i'll create a little buffer zone so that way should i need to move over like i've got a little a little wiggle room it's like a dozen people when i saw nightmare alley but that was also uh it was like the opening day yeah yeah we had four others Mm. so very empty we're not um, talking about that movie today, but everyone, you should watch Nightmare Alley. Whenever yeah, it's it, whenever it comes out on wherever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I don't know when it's going to come out on streaming, but you definitely should. Um, it's still in theaters, so you can also go see it there if you feel so inclined. And see. yeah, probably no one's there. They're all at No Way Home. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, we're talking this month, all all month long, we're going to talk about movies that we missed in 2021. Um, you know, the last few months of, of the year, we didn't really focus on anything new um, at all here on the show. We did, you know, international film, we did Christmas stuff. So we didn't really look at anything that was new coming out. And so I thought that, you know, with award season kind of cranking back up and with the year being over and a lot of stuff coming out on disc and coming out on streaming, um, that it would be a good time to go and look at some of the stuff that we didn't uh, review on the show. Uh, and I reached out to Nick because I knew that he was much more up to date than I am. And he was gracious enough to come back on. A little bit. I've still missed a lot. You were listening. Yeah. Uh, I was, um, I was listening to the episode you guys did on the green Knight, Um, which was great. Good, good, good movie. Um, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, and you were talking about like Henry was listing stuff that he's seen. <laughs> like that's crazy. Like even where he's at, you know, he's I haven't I still haven't seen Let There Be Carnage or Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I missed a lot. Like I said, saw a lot. Yeah, when he started listing all that stuff, you know, that he had seen, I was like, oh Jesus! I just have a mountain that I am behind on. But so well, because well, because what happened is like once summer came around, stuff started being only in theaters again. Yeah, and and it was like, eh. <laughs> don't know no, about for that. Sure. Um, so to kind of get this month together, I went and created a list of movies that came out this year that I had been interested in, but just didn't get to see. Um, and so, or also some that I had seen that I thought would make for good content. And so, um, to kick off our, our new season, I thought that I would talk about two films that I've, I've recently seen a lot of people talking about as being the same movie or as one of them being more successful than the other one um, in tackling similar concepts. And so for our first episode of the, of the new year, we're talking about the Ryan Reynolds action comedy free guy and the uh, legacy sequel for the matrix uh, matrix resurrections. Uh, Both of them have of course simulated worlds conceptually a little bit of like, you know, the, uh, the allegory of the cave to a awakening. Degree. Yeah, About exactly. A, you know, waking up. Um, both of them are, are, people seem to have strong opinions on them. I've seen a lot of people putting free guy on like their best of list. I've also seen people putting free guy on their worst of list and the same thing with the yeah. Matrix uh, resurrections. And yeah. so Nick was kind enough to put himself through the, the torturous punishment of watching Free Guy just for this episode. <laughs> um, Paul, Paul has given away his feelings towards Free Guy <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, but I thought that it would make for a good discussion. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I guess without any further ado, why don't we go ahead and jump on into it? We'll be reviewing that and then we'll talk about sort of 2021 as a, as a year at large, some of our favorites, and uh, we'll get you caught up on some media news. How's that sound, everyone? Great. Cue the applause and cheers. <laughs> um, so Put without that sound further, bite in. <laughs> without any further ado, we'll start alphabetically with Free Guy, and as always, we have a clip, so let's take a listen. Good morning, Goldie. My name is Guy, and I live in Free City. I have everything I need. Except one thing. Hey! Excuse me! Hey! Hey, bud, you ever think that there's gotta be more? More than what? The stuff we do day after day. Literally not once. Today's gonna be different, Goldie. So that was Free Guy. Uh, which is directed by Sean Levy. And the premise is a bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game. Uh, And it stars Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, Taika Waititi, Lorel Howry, Joe Keery, uh, and, and Utkarsh Ambudkar. There we go. Um, and since Nick is our, our guest here, Nick, why don't you go ahead and, and kick off with, uh, what'd you think of Free Guy? 
free guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, free guy, I, I think, starts off uh, pretty good. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it, it, it's not like an entirely original concept. Um, or like, I guess the angle of what it's doing. You know, it's like a mix of Wreck-It Ralph, since it takes place in a video game. And it's about some, you know, a character in the video game going beyond their programming, you know, their, their allotted like role in life. Um, but obviously Ralph is aware that he's in a video game and um, Guy is not <laughs> at the start. Whereas, um, which takes us to like, you know, it's also part Truman Show in that way where it's like, oh, you know, my reality is fake. I'm living in like a fake thing. <laughs> um, and everybody's watching me. Um, anyway, how did I, but what did I think about it? <laughs> like I said, I think it started good. It has a fun concept. Um, I don't think it goes, I think it gives up on going anywhere interesting with that concept eventually. Um, it just goes into like, you know, this is, you're real, like, even if you live in a, a fake world, I guess. Um, I don't know. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it lost me and just became really, like, generic blockbuster for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 so it stops being interesting. It really stops being funny. <laughs> it's kind of like the shift in the comedy is, is when Taika Waititi shows up for the first time, I think. And it's really embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's really bad. It's the worst thing I've ever seen him do. Taika Waititi plays. It's supposed to be you know like a tech bro. He's a douchebag video game developer who's about profits and not um, art history. And um, he, I mean, he's just terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's bad. I, I like Taika Waititi and what we do in the shadows. You know, I like him in Thor Ragnarok, and um, I like Jojo Rabbit. Um, this was so bad. <laughs> this was so bad. So <laughs> it, it it becomes really unfunny to me. I it stops doing anything interesting with the video game concept itself. It like all it turns into is that guy can just like summon items. Like that's it. They don't even go back. Like even when he's getting beat up a bunch, they don't even go back to like that. He needs health packs. When when yeah. the health pack is like the health pack is the very first thing that he interacts with once he puts on the sunglasses. Um. So and they just never get back to it. Um. Yeah, yeah. It, it got pretty disappointing. Uh, you know. Like you said, I heard I saw a lot of talk about this um, beforehand. A lot of people loved it, and a lot of people just hated it. Um, I, I don't. I hated parts of it. <laughs> I hated parts of it. I don't think I hate the movie as a whole. <laughs> no, I. Think um, but 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 I don't think it's good. <laughs> I, I don't think no. I. I um, yeah, about like halfway through, it really just stops being good to me and it becomes really uh, not especially boring. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I get that. Uh, Dear, what did you think? God, Ryan, 
stop playing the same character and everything. <laughs> just stop doing it. Um, what they're paying them for. I know, but like, goodness gracious, it's just, it's so painful to watch him pretend to be like a genuinely happy, kind of innocently dumb person. Because he's not that. And he, and he can't turn off his own like smarminess to, to save his life. And, you know, the, the character that he's playing is kind of like, um, like Buddy from Elf. Except he doesn't have any of that, like, whimsy, that any of that innocence that Will Ferrell brings to that role. And it just, it's hard to watch at certain points. Honestly. <laughs> I think that his friend does a great job. I think that Buddy is, is fantastic. Um... But oh, yeah. I, I find like a lot of the other that performances pretty just like there, you know, very filler. I think the Channing Tatum steals it for me. And if I had to just watch that scene, I would and just take it right on out the movie. I never um, want to watch that scene ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that he's great because I feel like that's the only time that Brian Reynolds is actually genuinely like feeling something. It's, it's discomfort. <laughs> and it's perfect. <laughs> now, the, the, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of unwanted uh, sexual like harassment going on. There's a lot of touching in this movie, and I don't appreciate oh. it. Oh I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess like for me, since I'm not a gamer, I didn't really need any of the um, any of the the I don't I don't know who they are the the Twitchers or whatever the hell they are. Um, the video game mm -hmm. people talking about guy. Like, well, I, I mean, don't know who that... you are, and I don't care. No. Well, yeah, because you're old. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, but also if that's what well, we're no, for, our lead is in his forties or something. No, but the, that's exactly that's what gave it away. Who this movie was for? It's for children. Yeah, but it's for children who it, don't understand video games, really, because, like, if you're just going to look at it for these people... Oh, yeah, no, video for sure. ...stuff is, like, really gone in the movie, you know? Like, they could have put in so many more things, it would have been, like, a reference for people who actually play video games, but the thing is, it's like... I, I don't want any more references. I don't want any more references ever again. They should be banned from movies altogether. <laughs> <laughs> So um, this was actually my, well, our second time watching it. We watched it once um, a while ago and to oh, kind of refresh it for it. Yeah. To refresh for it and, and, you know, make sure that I was thoroughly prepared for it. We, we watched it a second time. Um, for me, this movie is at times really interesting and at other times not. Um, and I think it's also just truly on a technical level, a very flawed bit of storytelling. Um, I, I have a lot of issues, obviously, with, you know, Ryan Reynolds' performance. Uh, I don't think that he lacks, I, I, I don't think that he has the sincerity for it. You know, one of his best moments is the moment where he's kind of broken and becomes mean, you know, to the other people in the game world. So, but moving past that, we can talk about that more later. See, like, um, and I, I like it to, to go with, so I don't mean to derail your train of thought, and, and to go with what Lauren said also, is that I, I like 
I really liked the concept and the idea of like, oh, he levels up and becomes a big deal because he's not, you know, he mm-hmm. it helps people, you know, in, instead of just like shooting, you know, instead of violence. Uh, I, I like, like I said, I like the concept. I like that it takes place like in Grand Theft Auto online, basically. <laughs> um, I guess like the setup is funny and I feel like the whole, like everything was just in that setup. And then, like, it loses me very quickly after the setup is over. And it starts actually like, getting to the stuff. Everything in the real world is terrible. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a bore. Yeah. Anytime they cut to the real world. Um, so it's very distracting when Taika Waititi um, is acting like more of a cartoon than anybody than even in the game world. Mm. It's like, what is this? And nobody's matching this right now. Yeah. Um, Well, and like, there's so much awkward dialogue that happens like around, (laughs) like it's it's so clunky. And like, uh, there's a moment where they they give one of his friends like an awkward ADR line to like accompany whatever Taika Waititi is saying at the time. You know, it's just it's very like uncomfortable and stilted so often. Yeah, it's it's just like I said, it stops being funny. It it really does the off, and it also like to go with this, uh, clearly being like aimed at children. Eventually, like at a certain point, there, it's like you know Ryan Reynolds is running away from uh from being banned, and he sees a wrecking ball, and they play Miley Cyrus wrecking ball, mm-hmm. and then he gets Captain America's shield. They play the Avengers theme. He gets a lightsaber out. They like they play, you know, they they play the music. Like yeah. it's not enough to. Well, and and speaking on on music cues, this movie has I counted two. Wow, look at this girl moments that are set to music. You get the first yeah, one. Yeah, it's really um that's so outdated at this point. I I can't yeah. even say like uh, you know it's not. I wouldn't even say it's problematic. You know, whatever. You know, that's, I mean, that's not that's like a it's a love thing, right? But I mean, like, it's just so like to to see it played so sincerely, sincerely, sincerely. <laughs> to, to to see like cliches like that played sincerely, like doesn't work. <laughs> in at least no, not absolutely. in this movie, not in this movie, because you're like, where's the joke? Yeah, I, I guess I guess the joke is that it's a Mariah Carey song, but that's you know that's whatever. Well, and and um, you know, going back to what you were talking about, it is this cribbing of a lot of ideas. So one, I think that it's not very yeah. technically well made. We can talk about how the third act is awkwardly edited. You know, we can we can talk about all sorts of stuff, but on top of that, it is this weird pastiche of like a lot of other ideas. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit Lego Movie, it's a little bit Truman Show, it's a little bit Tron Legacy, yeah. Um, it's a little bit Westworld. You know, it's it's really cribbing off of all of these ideas, but then they don't do anything as interesting as any of those other things did with them. To your point, you know, it just yeah. sort of kind of doesn't go anywhere um yeah it, it, it's and like you know it's not as it, it doesn't feel as original or as funny as something like the lego movie um it's it's not as dramatically capable as something like the truman show 
you know, <laughs> or even interesting, like an in execution for the most part. Like, yeah. I really feel like, like the whole concept of the sunglasses, you know, can be interesting. But then, like I said, I really feel like they just stopped doing anything fun with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I like mean, the, the actual, like, where he literally is just wearing like glasses. Like they don't have any actual painting in them anymore. And yeah. nobody else, nobody else's sunglasses look like that. Like they're very specifically sunglasses. And he just ends up walking around in like frames for like the last third of the movie. <laughs> like you, you gave up on your own concept in a, in a way. Yeah. No, and that's also, I think, speaks to the fact that they kind of give up on the whole gaming concept. You know, early on, there are some really good moments in the background where you see someone who's clearly new to the game, like, hitting the jump button over and over again in the background. Um, And they never stick to any of their ideas conceptually. They never do anything with them um, more than just be like, here they are. Yeah. You know, this is the concept. Um, <laughs> there, there it is. And yeah, it's like, like all right, action... and what, and what do we do with it? <laughs> and you what know, you like one of the two writers on this is one of the people who wrote the adaptation for Ready Player One, and I think Ready Player One is a deeply flawed movie. Um, oh, but yeah, like, yeah, that's another. That's the other one I was trying to think of, like similar-ish concepts and stuff. Uh, yeah, Ready Player One is a much better movie, and like it has very and and I don't I don't yeah I don't I don't love that movie, but yeah, didn't we see that one together? I think so. Oh yeah, dude! I remember the King Kong uh, <laughs> King Kong showed up in that opening race. It was yeah, like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that opening race sequence is incredible, and even that final battle That's is Steven awesome. Spielberg, dude. Yeah, Spielberg rocks. <laughs> it's the majesty of of the imagery, you know, that you're seeing. Like it's it's incredible and it's breathtaking. Even if the story has some awkward beats, that movie is very visually intriguing. Um, yeah. This one less so, you know. Um, and like speaking again about some of the some of the issues of this movie, you know, storytelling one hundred and one show don't tell you open this movie and you have this awesome action sequence of Channing Tatum doing all kinds of deranged video game stuff. And it's just getting talked to you by Ryan Reynolds with this narration that doesn't go anywhere. That doesn't really ever come back in any kind of meaningful way. And it's the worst version of narration. It's literally just explaining really what the movie is showing you. You know, like it, it feels it's already like, being shown, yeah. And, instead yeah. of getting into like, instead of getting to a real proper tone, instead of letting just like the images and the, yeah, like what's happening, yeah, the narration takes away from it, yeah. And like, um, narration needs to put you in some sort of perspective or give you some sort of depth to it, you know. Bad narration in movies is exactly this, and then they don't even continue the narration throughout the entire story. You know, we're not constantly living in Guy's head, getting this narration from Guy. It shows up and then it leaves. And it feels like this movie got, I don't know, like screen tested or something. Because there are a lot of moments where it suddenly feels like things got put in certain places 
to explain something that whoever was at the screen testing audience was like, I don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like they even have sections of this movie and like this. uh, So a lot of people have been, you know, applauding this movie for being original, you know, and not being like an I already IP something, you know, not, it's not an existing franchise that now it is. Um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, which like, yes, like in a way, but it's also like so much non-existent, like without all of that. And it literally makes moments out of uh, Disney owned stuff <laughs> no absolutely it's not it's, it's not uh, sorry the, my point was like it's not very original it's funny to see sequences of the film you know i think it's like take away character talking about um you know he's like people just people want sequels you know we want the cheap sequel <laughs> um blah 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 people don't want original uplifting stuff and I get it. Again, like that's what's frustrating. It has these, it, like the direction is in like the right place with where to what this movie can be about. And, but like everything on it, it just, <laughs> you know, doesn't live up to that. It doesn't live up to its own concepts, either in being funny and going somewhere with them, you know, or dramatic you know i I didn't feel anything from this movie (laughs) no and like um i i watched it with kira she said like the um the the part of the middle movie where like they do like the reboot and they reboot the system was just like a a waste of time what was the point of that like nothing changed there's that's what you're saying like there are lots of like a weird moments that just don't go anywhere yeah and and lauren made the point that they also rarely stand by the rules that they've created for their own world as well yeah um you know they talk about how like there is no uh feature that allows you to kiss in the game (laughs) but then jody comer's character is able to kiss guy you know and so like it's a very subtle moment but again, it's this breaking of the rules that you've already established as existing in this world. Yeah. Which makes the storytelling all that much lazier. Did you like when Taika Waititi um, is destroying all the servers one by one? And of course, like the very last one is like the remain the main characters specifically. But also they were they were all on that there. server. And if you do that, you know, everything, it will slowly dissolve instead of, like, immediately just oh, no, being deleted. Yeah. I feel like, like if you took... His, like, stooge, which ones are important? And then he just starts, like, hitting them at random. And then in that moment, he's like, but I know specifically that this one is the most important one. Like, come on. What are you talking about? Are you stupid? <laughs> It's it's really it's really ridiculous. It really becomes like insulting, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it just becomes very dumb. <laughs> I feel like when Buddy dies, you're like, well, shit. <laughs> and lo and behold, Buddy comes back. And it's like I, I can't feel 
I can't feel anything unless like I've like never seen a movie before, I guess. No, and like, you know, conceptually, again, going back to ideas that are kind of wasted, you know, the idea that Taika is this person who is so rich and powerful that essentially all of the real people that occupy his life for him are as disposable as NPCs. And this idea that we in the real world treat people as disposably, you know, and, and like we can barely muster being just nice enough in the real world, but then when we get into these game worlds, we become assholes. You know, we don't do anything with that. You know, Guy's <sighs> Awakening wasn't really for the video games, it, it was for the real world. But we never really land that echo effect, you know, um, of, of how he's shaping hearts and minds by being the good guy. Yeah, man. Just, it's, it's not very good, huh? Um, and, and like the most... One of the I, I one... don't like... I don't like dude. I don't like CG, tall, muscular Ryan Reynolds. I, I don't like it's an abomination. I don't like it. <laughs> Shouldn't exist. His his best joke is the moment where he's like TBD third thing. Like that's that's literally probably one of his best jokes. But that's just because it's like that's someone who literally actually just like did notes for like oh I'll come back in and fill it in later and they never did you know. Um, but that yeah. almost feels like it could have been the script as well. Yeah. Well, and like they, they definitely let Ryan and Taika, both of them, riff too much. Like you can tell that both of them are improving perpetually. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just not there. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I don't know what more to say about it. I'm sorry, everybody who liked Free Guy. No, yeah, and like, you know, I, everyone can like what they like, but I just, even at an honest-to-God technical level, like, I just think that it's too flawed <laughs> of a movie for me to ever, like, actually get into it. You know what I mean? I can't believe you watched it twice. I have no desire to watch it a second time. I have notes. I watched it twice, and I have notes. Um, so, Nick, if you had to rate it out of five, what would you give it? Uh, you know, I'm, I'd give, I'd give it a two. Um, like I said, the con, the concepts are there. There are some good moments. Uh, Jody Comer, God bless her, is doing what she can. Trying her um, damnedest. <laughs> speaking of Jody Comer, um, I also heard in listening to the Green Knight episode, I heard Henry recommend it. The Last Duel is awesome. Last Duel is great. Jodie Comer is in that. Um, I think she needs a, a redemption from this movie. That's Dude, next episode. I, I, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> a really good movie. There is... Uh, yes. Okay. Two seems fair. Uh, dear, what... That's all we got to say about... Sorry. The, my final note um, oh, yeah. about Free Guy... The only take away anything from Free Guy, go watch The Last Duel. <laughs> Perfect. Um, gosh, what do I what do I give this this dumpster fire? Um, 
<laughs> this movie just makes me mad the longer I think about it. I'm going to give Free Guy a one. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Brutal. Spanked it. Fatality. It's um, just lazy, like all over the board. Like, damn it. Have you guys ever made a movie before? Like, come on. It, 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 go, it goes for the obvious joke. It goes for the obvious, like, it goes for the obvious. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's just, it's just boring. <sighs> Everything that it takes from is just too, it's too much better. <laughs> mm. Takes away from, takes from, is what I meant. Okay, Paul. Paul, what is your final verdict on free guy hell's bells i don't know um uh, i think that i'll i think that i'll land on a two as well um i like certain parts of the cast so so much and i think that certain cast members are trying so hard to do the most with what they have i do think that it's such a good concept um, but again, it to your point, it just it never sticks the landing. Um, it it doesn't take its own timeline seriously. You know, it's it has the same problem of Army of the Dead, where they introduce a ticking clock that then also doesn't really seem to matter. Um, and so it's 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 constantly that it's it's serving it up to then go, hold on, let me grab another ball, and you just let that one fall. Um, and so I think I think that I'll land on a two. Um, and honestly, I think that this movie could have just been, I think this movie could have been a three or a four, honest to God, just with the simple recasting of of probably both Ryan and Taika. Like, I, I think that that honestly could have just given it just that other bump up in rating. Um, but we never really get there. Um, and... Um, we can talk more about it, but honestly, I think it's conceptually very weird that people are equating this to our next movie, The Matrix Resurrections, because they aren't really the same thing uh, at all. It's not the 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 similarities between The Matrix Resurrections um, are really just like The Matrix franchise as a whole. Um, and to Free Guy is that they're technically both living in a simulation. The main characters, um, and they awaken to their realities, their respective realities. That's it's kind of it. And they're both white, and their love interests have dark hair. There we go. This this is factual. It's the truth. We did it. It's factual. Yep. Everything and is satisfactory. That's it. <laughs> we did it. Zippy doo um, folks. So we, we cracked the talk. code. Yeah. Um, so, well, like there, I don't know. I, I don't know when people started comparing them because people just really hated the Matrix Resurrection. Um, not everybody. Um, like a Matrix movie, it seems uh, split. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll say mixed. We can... We'll say mixed. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper into that, um, but before we do, we of course have a clip for The Matrix Resurrections, so give it a listen. We can't see it. 
but we're all trapped inside these strange repeating loops. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. But this is the moment for you to show us what is real. So that was Matrix Resurrections, which again came out in 2021. Uh, it's directed by Lana Wachowski, and the premise is return to a world of two realities. One, everyday life. The other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. And it stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Jonathan Groff, Jessica Henwick, Neil Patrick Harris, Jada Pinkett Smith, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, uh, with a lovely surprise cameo by Christina Ricci. Um, and Nick, since you uh, started on the last one, Dear, why don't we start with you? What did you think of The Matrix Resurrections? Um, I liked the beginning of it. And, and um, boy howdy, Jada in that old lady makeup is rough. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watched this one twice well we watched this one twice as well um again i have notes on this one just like i did on free guy um overall i love the matrix franchise i really truly have a very soft spot for all of the movies like i actually yeah. didn't start on the first matrix movie the first matrix movie that i actually saw was reloaded um the second one and so the best, then I the went, best one. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> like I went back one. and I watched all the others, you know, and I loved that series. I used to have like a, a Captain Mifuni in his like mech suit toy. I think somewhere around here, I've got like a McFarlane um, statuette of Neo during the opening shootout scene or the, the closing shootout scene of the first Matrix movie. I loved the franchise. I dug into it. I loved Mr. Smith. He was my Darth Vader as a kid. Um, I Great memorized villain, his dude. lines. Amaz oh. Amazing villain. Amazing performance. <laughs> and so, like, I was a big Matrix kid. Um, and I was super comfortable with the idea of never having another one. You know, like, I was really fine with that idea. And they announced a new one, and I was pretty skeptical, you know, even though it was Lana coming back, the Wachowskis are a little, a little hit or miss, I would say, as filmmakers. You know, I love The Matrix, I love V for Vendetta, everything else after that is kind of all over the place. Um, the Wachowskis did V for Vendetta? 
they were, I think, producers on it. Oh, word. Um, and so, like, I was, I was pretty open to the idea, you know. Um, and like, Keanu was coming back, and Carrie Ann was coming back, and I was like. I was I was optimistic. When I first watched it, I felt a little let down. Mm-hmm. On my second watching, I liked it more, but I also I think started to put a better finger on on I guess what I thought some of its shortcomings were. And ultimately did, did, I did you like either before I before the first viewing or in between the first and the second viewing, did you like read anything on it as well? Yes, I did. Yeah. It's, I found that to be very helpful uh, for certain movies, obviously. Yeah. Um, And so for me, I ultimately, I think come down on, I liked it, but I, I don't think that it got there all the way, but I think it's leaps and bounds better than free guy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what did you think? Man, so okay, so so you you like grew up with the Matrix? Yeah. Like w- when did you like watch it? Did you watch like when Reloaded came out? Did you watch like in theaters or did you just watch Reloaded on TV one day or Um so I came I came into my mom and dad's room while like my sister was getting ready to go somewhere, do something, like mom was helping, I think, Madeline with her hair. And I come in and they were watching a movie that they had rented, um, I think from like Blockbuster. And it was, it was The Matrix Reloaded. And it was just kind mm-hmm. of like on in the background. And I think that I hit it like at the Chateau scene. You know, I think that I hit it like uh-huh. right when you meet the Merovingian. And so I sat down and I was like, yeah. Oh, this shit is great. You know, like I was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. For real. maybe, you know, 12 or so at the time or something like that. And I was just like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. And I I was even enthralled with all of because like I, I didn't catch it at the fight. Like I caught it with them meeting the Merovingian. And I was like, this guy is weird, but I love him. Monica Bellucci's doing great. Like I'm totally in for all of this dialogue, even though it was definitely probably going above my head at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and so then when we got to the fight scene and the twins and the highway, I was it, it blew my little fucking brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um. So I had never seen. Well, actually, look, look, I, I, well, I, I had never seen the Matrix movies until last year. Mm. I'd never seen a single one of them before. Lauren, had you seen them before? So I had seen the first one years, years ago. It probably like came on TV, um, but I never knew that there were any others after that. I was like, all right, you know, boom, yeah, one and done. And so right before we watched this, we we rewatched the entire well he rewatched the entire trilogy and I got to finally nice. watch the, the last two and honestly love it the it's it's yeah, a perfect yeah. trilogy it's it's fantastic <laughs> it is action packed it is everything you can want and more it's great I love it you know <laughs> so so it was a it was your first time seeing the first one like in a long long time 
Oh, and yeah. it was your very first time seeing the second and third one. Yes. Okay. And Paul, when was like the last time you had watched it? Probably. Probably college or sometime shortly thereafter. For whatever reason, it was a franchise that I just hadn't gone back and and rewatched yeah. in some time. Yeah. So, like I said, like I had never actually seen any of the movies before. I had just, you know, seen, you know, clips like, you know, the obvious stuff like Neo dodging bullets. Um, some of some of the reloaded like parts of the highway scene and um, stuff like that. My like association with it was like on like Newgrounds videos of like of like parodies and stuff you know like I knew it like, mm-hmm. like pop culture like you know like, stuff like that was my understanding of it. um but upon actually watching all of them last year just kind of like on a whim I was I was you know I was like what's like a really big franchise that I've missed um I chose the matrix um yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> like the first one, uh, the second one is my favorite because to me, the second one is like the first one, but bigger and better. You know, it's it's the proper sequel. It's like the Terminator Two. It's the it's the Empire Strikes Back. It's you know, it's the mm-hmm. it's the bigger, better sequel. <laughs> um, and uh, I like the third one. I think the third one just kind of like devolves into like cg chaos for a really long time uh but man on the bridge just shooting and screaming is just forever in my in burn my brain planted <laughs> in my room. good <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's insanity but you know but i i love it <laughs> um so um I said, what the heck? <laughs> Matrix Resurrections. Because um, I dug it, you know, I had no I had no proper attachment to it. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I liked I really liked this movie I saw it in theaters. I have not I have not rewatched it um since then. But the more time I have with it, I kind of love it. <laughs> um I, I really like it. I, uh, to 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 quote to quote Rick, what's his name? Rick McCullough. It's so dense. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in the Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Um. I, I really love how like meta it gets. Like my favorite moments are like the meta moments. And like I like that this is a Matrix movie that is funny. <laughs> I like that as a sense of humor because like the original trilogy is like pretty humorless. There's obviously you know there's there's room for comedy and anything like that, yeah. um, but you know there's there, there's a lot of comedy in it. And I didn't mind that. I thought it worked. I thought it was funny. No, yeah. Um. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. See, I, I'm too dumb to talk about this movie. It's hard. 
Um, I, I, think I, I is, like, I like the context of like what it starts to say about like how, why it exists. Like it literally tells you like Warner brothers, like to your face, like Warner brothers was going to make this movie, whether we were involved or not. So, you know, we decided to do it or I decided yeah. to do it. Uh, Lena Wachowski, you know, this is <clears throat> becomes, um, it kind of redefines what the matrix was, right? Matrix is like a thing to keep us, you know, complacent. Um, and it's, you know, about how it weaponizes, you know, it's like, it's an overall framing, but it's also directly talking about the matrix franchise itself about, <laughs> I'm going to get there. <laughs> about how um, they took this idea of like, you know, awakening to the reality, you know, of you're in something, you're in a system that is, that is brainwashing you, you know, um, and how that kind of got co-opted um, by like, you know, to become trivialized to such as a franchise about like, you know, cool guns, you know, just about like the action sequences. Um, and how, you know, metaphors like the red pill, you know, became like fascist, like right wing um, ideology and all that. Um, and I think it, it, it takes that and, you know, it's Lena Wachowski trying to reclaim her own story. Um, and it's like what the matrix is originally supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I think that this movie is, is brilliant in, in fits and spurts, I guess. I think that um, honestly, for me, this honestly could have almost been two movies. You know, it's it's almost so dense and has so much going on that it really almost is a disservice that it's one film. Because I think to your point, it's tackling so many ideas while also being so incredibly deeply personal to Lana that I think once you get about halfway into it, it starts to lose some of that potency of its ideas. Because it starts out so strongly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think into but Lawrence said also like the I, the beginning is the best part. Um and we didn't even mention like like the, the setup for, for the new Matrix movie. Um is and Neo is is still in the Matrix, Neo and Trinity are still in the Matrix. Um neither of them remember each other. Um and Neo's a video game designer who in the first three Matrix movies were a video game that Neo uh, created. Um, and now he's been ordered to create a sequel. <laughs> Honestly, and, um, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, but then a, a, a new version of Morpheus um, and Jessica Hardwick, who's fantastic. <laughs> Jessica Hardwick rocks. Um, 
as a woman named Bugs come to, to bust him out once again. But he might not want to go. <laughs> because it's all of it in his head, you know? Is, is this yeah. real? Is the Matrix real? Am I real? You know? Are you real? Or is you sitting there? <laughs> um, How would you know we're on a screen, man? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, and like, I really enjoy that... the beginning and like the, the talk about like not only sequels, but also like video game culture and the like the, the yeah. different people pulling from the Matrix what they think is the like core concept of the entire franchise and you know one person's like oh it's all about the guns and like the other person's like oh it's yeah. all of this anti-political stuff and you're like yeah you just keep on a loop i love the the whole like every yeah. day is the same day and just wear different the, clothes like it was such a good sequence the, the the white rabbit sequence is like it's just so good <laughs> oh yeah and that was a perfect song choice it's <laughs> it's so good and and then we start to go off the, the rails on the crazy train. I, I think <laughs> well, I, I, what, what I get disappointed is that it then like becomes the very thing it was critiquing before. Yes. Like for, for a long stretch when it, when it goes to the real world is when like, is like, Oh, we're just, this is just back to like franchise mode. This is mm -hmm. exactly like what you were just like, this is not only what you were just like not doing, which was exciting. But also, um, like what you were like directly critiquing. <laughs> no, yeah. and that's what like, that's what's so fun because like the Matrix this time looks completely different. You know, like the when they're in the Matrix, it doesn't look anything like what the old Matrix movies look like. You know, the like the color the grading isn't the same. It's not like the gray, the the greens, and the grays, and everything. Um, it's, you know. <laughs> and like 60 years has supposedly passed between the original Matrix and, and this new Matrix. And I guess I was really hoping that like once he got out of the Matrix itself, that like his rebirth would look mm -hmm. different, that like technology would have advanced at all in those 60 years. But like everything kind of looks exactly the same as it did before. And like, you know, technology has moved so quickly in just our lifetime alone. Cell phones have evolved like 50 times over since the beginning one. So like why are all of your all of your stuff exactly the same? Why? <laughs> it's 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 a post-apocalyptic world. But they're machines making machines. You would think that they would evolve. Uh, oh, you're talking about like the machine worlds. I see. No, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For for no, they were they were too busy poking at Neo and Trinity. No, literally. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy doing that. Wait. They had no time for such things. What? Um. um the the, the I, human. I, the human city this time around is really ill-defined also. You don't I see am. anybody. Yeah, you don't see anybody besides, like, people they're talking to. Yeah. Um, well, and, like, again, this this movie has almost just as much density, just as much reference as previous Matrix films, but it also doesn't really lead to as much. 
and like it it has some really heady themes you know um it's about how nostalgia is a kind of safety blanket when society is in turmoil and how people cling to older ideas and older concepts for some semblance of security it's about you know the writer theory and whether or not you actually are ever making a choice you know every every time someone is like that's hardly a choice you know whenever a choice is presented they're always like that's not really me making a choice yeah. um yeah you know and it's about um it's also about to your point you know how the system you know will weaponize just about anything to try and convince you of the power of the system and about gaslighting and so like it's spinning so many plates and then it's also like but it's also a love story and i think that like the first matrix trilogy did such a good job at having the love story be the beating heart of the film but not the driving force of the film and I think that in this one, we get a little bit lost. And I think that that's also maybe where I would have preferred like a splitting of this narrative into two parts. Yeah. That I it, think that. It, it, like what it becomes is like the Matrix trilogy as a whole is, you know, feels like a full cohesive story. Whereas like that was like meant to be a trilogy, you know, like was always intended to be exactly that. Whereas, um, resurrections feels like well we don't know if we're gonna do another one after this you know mm -hmm. we, <laughs> we so don't we're know just gonna shove it all in. i think it ends too abruptly yeah because like i know, i like um, where it's at and it's like oh so sweet and then it ends and you're like oh <laughs> well and like we watched it ourselves and then we watched it with um Lauren's dad, my father-in-law, and he was like, so how did they get the power over the other guy? And he was like, and what did the cat have to do with it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, it was kind of so abrupt that I was like, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what the cat had to do with it. The cat seemed important, but also we never really get any kind of clarity on that either um it was um in the neo sees a black cat in the first matrix movie yeah um, but then like neil patrick appears. harris is like trying to get to the cat in the middle of the bar fight like the cat oh, yeah. is important oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 you're right you're right <laughs> they shouldn't and... they, yeah, they should, shouldn't have done that he just likes the cat <laughs> um uh, I, I think Neil Patrick Harris is great in this. I I really like that villain. Um, Groff, dude, I, tremendous. Jonathan Groff rocks. Jonathan <laughs> Groff rocks. But I mean, the character rocks. It's Mr. Smith, <laughs> like the character. And he nailed it. He I nailed guess. it so so thoroughly. Um, honestly, I will say this: for me, with the exception of probably like jada pinkett having less facial mobility than robin williams is mrs doubtfire um for the most part i think that the casting of this movie is pretty good you know um i think our legacy actors do fine um i think keanu could have turned it up a little bit more 
Um, I thought Carrie Ann was doing a great job, but I thought that all of the new cast members, honestly, were doing great. I really don't have yeah. a problem with any of the new actors. Um, the, the weakest one probably for me of the new cast members was probably just Priyanka Chopra Jonas as older Sati, just because it didn't even feel remotely like that character grown up. And like that's part of what I was talking about. Like it becomes kind of self-indulgent. Like, and here's everybody from the original movies. Yeah, we needed to bring Sati back, you know. <laughs> like hey, here's here's everybody. And it's like, this is just what you were saying sucks. <laughs> I was really hoping that all of the flashbacks to the original franchise would end the moment that he finally got out of the matrix, the moment that he was, you know, stopped taking the blue pill was the moment that he like realized it was all real and then we could like live in actual like the here and now instead of being like all right but like 15 more flashbacks you know oh you gotta you gotta remember remember the little girl we're gonna give you a, a flashback to her you know oh remember yeah. jada ah we're gonna yeah. do a flashback to that battle we're gonna do it roll roll the roll the footage no literally and i was like guys come on we're wasting so much time in this already rushed movie for roll of footage they're gonna be like okay okay grandpa and like it just really felt like they didn't want me to watch the the original trilogy before i watched this one they they were like you need the space between so that way all of this footage doesn't feel like a yes yes i know let's get on with it (laughs) duh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's no time like, like my goodness and like i know that the original franchise you know was not about the fighting but i always loved the fact that the choreography was so precise and you could like watch oh. the entire thing and be like wow they are really kicking ass and they were just like fast forwarding through the fight sequences in this one so much that I was like, yeah, everything's it, a blur. It, it sucks. Like the, just, I mean, like the the action comparatively is a big letdown. Um, it's because just, they didn't have the time. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, to, I had to waste it on all of these scenes about Keanu and Carrie Ann being like, gosh, I feel like I've known you forever. I like it. That's <laughs> fine. Um, but um, the heck am I saying? I lost it. No, no. <laughs> I lost the thought. I lost the so, if it comes back to you, chime in with it. Um, <laughs> dear, if you if you had to to give Matrix Resurrections a rating out of out of five, what would you give it? Mm. I think I'm sitting at a three, like right right in the middle. Like I really thought that the original franchise was like Chef's Kiss perfect, and I felt like this one relied too much on its own legacy and I think that that's where it really like hindered itself Nick what about you Uh, I give it a four Um, I like it a lot Um, yeah I think the action is a letdown 
like you said, I think it does try to do too much in one movie. Ends too abruptly, like I said. Um, I do like the ending action sequence. Um, the, motor, the body the missiles are tremendous. That's the one of my favorite moments. Awesome. <laughs> that rocks. That's good stuff. Um, I like Neo versus the helicopters. Um, but yes, no, not perfect. Um, but I give it a four. It's fun. Um, if you want to go into like the uh, uh, the trans allegory of of resurrections in particular, there's a good essay on uh, reverseshot.org. Um, yeah, that's a good read too. Cool. Um, I think that I'll go three and a half. I think I'll split the difference. Um, I see something in this movie just as as great as you know the first three. Um, but I, I think that there's just that that missing something that takes it all the way there. Um, but ultimately, I also don't think that it's a disappointment. Um, and I think for me, it really did improve probably a lot more on a, on a second viewing as someone who wasn't sure about how I felt with the movie the first time. A second viewing really, I think for me, solidified a lot of my opinion on it. Um, it, it it's interesting. It's one to chew on. And I will say that, like, even even if it isn't a movie that I love or hate in any particular direction, I still am kind of chewing on it and thinking about it. And I think that that's incredibly successful in its own right. Yeah. Yes. And that's that. <laughs> um, moving on, um, Nick, you know, you've seen quite a few things in 2021. So I did, uh, you know, before we, before we end the show, I did want to ask you, um, what are some of your favorite things that, that you saw in 2021? Um, yes. I like literally wrote a best of list. Um, I put, uh, Mal I put malignant on there. Um, just really like malignant. I, I put everything that like surprised me, you know, made me feel something <laughs> was different. was interesting. To me, I don't know. Of course, you know that's very bland. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I I put malignant because it's it gets insane and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I put a movie called Wild Indian. Uh, it's by Lyle Mitchell Corbine Jr. Um, and it is awesome. It is a dark like drama thriller. Um, about two Native American boys who uh, their lives are forever changed by <laughs> an act of violence. Um, and the first half of the movie is them as kids. Second half of the movie is uh, them as adults uh, decades later. And it's like how it's how that event like has changed their lives like in very different directions. Um, and it is a uh, you know, it is like, you know, <laughs> it's hard to watch, but it's very good. 
<laughs> One of those, you know. Awesome. Um, I put The Last Duel on there, Ridley Scott. Um, just fantastic movie. Everybody watch that. Uh, put a movie called Violet by Justine Bateman. Um, and yes, that is the same Bateman as uh, Jason Bateman. I was about to ask if there was any relation, so thank you. Yeah, that's his sister. Um, and it's, uh, it's Olivia Munn. Um, she's a film executive. Um, and Justin Thoreau plays like, like the voice in her head that's like, you know, it's like doubt, it's de- like depression. It's like a literal like interpretation of it, you know, that like, like speaks it aloud to, to her, you know. So it's like her perspective as she goes about her day and you hear him talking like as like the voice in her head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, I put the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's an animated movie on Netflix. It rocks. Go watch that. I <laughs> uh, put The Green Knight. Uh, yes. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. Loved it. Uh, Dune. Really like Dune. I uh, put Crypto Zoo. Um, that's on Hulu right now. That's uh, an adult animated movie. It's like really interesting hand-drawn animation style. Um, and it is about like a fantastical world where like, uh, you know, like cryptids, you know, like mystical animals and stuff like exist. <clears throat> and most of them are in a zoo. Um, and it's like a big like adventure. <laughs> like adventure. Uh, environmentalist you know kind of movie um i don't know it's really it's hard to describe uh lake bell is the star of it Mm. um really good check that out uh i really liked power the dog that's on netflix and the cumberbatch cody smith mcphee jesse clemens kirsten dunst very good Um, I put Sator, which is a horror movie. Um, I put Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. I put the last uh, Evangelion movie that came out in Japan, or I guess it gets out in the United States now, but yeah. And I put Nicolas Cage movie Pig on there. I was going to ask if Pig was on here. Pig is number one. Um, and I meant to put uh, Shiva Baby on that list. Uh, Shiva Baby is fantastic. Okay. Those are all really good. And some of them um, are, are movies that we're planning on covering this month. A few of them are, are potentially, I'm thinking Power of the Dog might end up in our Women in Film episode in March. Um, yeah, but that's a great, great. list. Um, we put together a little film buzz list, and what I was thinking is, you know, we would share some of our picks, and then we would update it at the end of the month once we've seen more from the year. So currently, our best of for 2021 is as follows. 
uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Nobody, yeah. The Green Knight, yeah. The Suicide Squad, uh, Halloween Kills, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, and Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably go through and update that um, yeah. later There's on. There's just not enough. There's just not enough. <laughs> I, I, miss, <laughs> I miss so much. But yeah. I put Nightmare Alley on there too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's the Suicide Squad. It was really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. As far as what we've been watching so far in the new year, um, we've seen. Uh, or we've watched Finch, uh, Three Identical Strangers, and The Suicide Squad. Um, Finch was okay. Was that, a, it's the, was that a rewatch or the first time you watched it? Uh, that was our third time watching it. A third time? Okay. Yeah. And I was really pumped. James Gunn liked really my good. tweet about it. Um, really good. What'd you... Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Three Identical Strangers is a great documentary. Um, yeah, I, I'm so scared of every documentary now. <laughs> um, you know, my my mother-in-law, Lauren's mom, is really into, like, true stories and things like that, and I thought that this would be, like, a really interesting one that I, I hope that she would like, and I think she liked it. I don't think she liked how dark the story gets. Oh, yeah, no, she definitely liked the, the happy half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then Finch was one that my father-in-law wanted to watch because he really loves Tom Hanks. Um, and so it's fine. It's a very middle of the road movie that Tom Hanks probably, you know, if it weren't him, it, no one would have given a shit. Um, <laughs> and that's maybe a little overly blunt, but oh well. Um, it's good. It's fine. It, it's again, kind of like yeah. Free Guy. It has a lot of concepts that you've seen before, but what do they do with them? Yeah. I think I liked it more than Free Guy. Oh well no, I, I do like it overall more than Free Guy, but I, I was just more meaning in the in the sense of like I don't think that it reaches as far as it could have. Oh no, I get that. Um yeah. that's pretty much what we've been watching lately. Um the the last thing that I'll leave off on is I did want to give y'all a little bit of interesting media news that that cropped up today. Uh, apparently, the CW might end up going up for sale. Um, the CW, for those that don't know, is a joint venture. It started out as the WB uh, and is one of the public airwaves that is our um, government airwaves leased out to private corporations, right? So Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, and the CW, formerly the WB, but the WB wasn't doing well, and Paramount also had a network that wasn't doing well, and so they were like, well, what if we just combined them? And so it ended up becoming um, the CW, and it's never really been an earner in terms of you know making money on the shows directly, but they get a lot of money on the streaming rights, they get a lot of money on the shows being launched and then shown internationally. And currently, uh, the parent companies are considering still providing all of the content, but sharing their uh, selling their majority ownership and becoming a minority owner. Um, 
but apparently the talks around that are still very tentative. Um, but it's one of those interesting little pockets, you know, people know about the CW, but I feel like most people don't know, like, where it came from, how it came from, why. Um, and so I, I thought that it was interesting also that it suddenly has gone up for sale because it feels like lately they've been a little bit on a hot streak, but apparently that still has not been directly profitable itself, which I find fascinating. Yeah, well, like TV, like that, just been dying for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, beyond that, it's not, not just much. Them. No. Um, beyond that, not terribly much else new in in entertainment news that I felt was worth sharing. Um, Nick, do you have anything else that you would like to to tell the listeners? Um, I watched Swan Song recently. That's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Mahershala Ali movie who um, uh, is good it's good <laughs> pretty good check it out it's interesting um, are you writing a review for that one or did you watch it just for yourself uh, no I already wrote a review for that one um, okay um, you can read that on Geeks of Color um, what else did I watch I watched uh, the Paul Schrader uh, movie the card counter uh, the oscar isaac uh i really liked it also very good <laughs> paul schrader is a nut oh he's crazy he's crazy um i <laughs> i i saw first reform uh with kira um really good <laughs> fantastic um i watched zola um which is good uh also think i think it ends too abruptly it doesn't like it doesn't have an ending to me maybe that's the point but i wish there had been an ending. <laughs> um but i like solo uh i watched titan i like titan um titan's really intense <laughs> uh Yes, that is good. I watched 355, not so good. And I watched uh, Spencer. Hmm. Um, Kristen Stewart. That was very good. Did you see um, Jackie? Uh, no, I want to watch Jackie. Uh, I haven't Jackie? No, I haven't seen either of them, uh, but um, I... I... I think it's interesting that, you know, he's done two of these very sort of um, reflective, almost melancholic kind of um, yeah. takes on two of these very famous historical women. I'm wondering if he's going to do like, you know, another one and kind of close out this little series that he's doing. It, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's, you know, to also bring back <laughs> to the Great Night episode. Um, it's, it's kind of Shakespearean in that sense, you know, like every, every line is like a metaphor. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, it's doomed figures, <laughs> you know, it's tragic figures. Um, good. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, 
anything else that you would like to to tell the listeners? Uh, no, that's all, folks. I got nothing to report. Um, I'm about to watch the Scream movies. I've never seen the Scream movies. I've never seen a single one of them. You'll have to let me know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think they're brilliant. I love them all uh, in their own ways. Um, but I'll definitely be curious to know what you think of them, especially coming to them, you know, now with this new one coming out. Are you excited for the new one? Um, yes, if only because I know someone who has read the script um, and and they say that it's, that if if it sticks to the script that they read, that it's going to be great. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I will, as always, link um, all of Nick's uh, availabilities down below, so that way you can go and, and check him out, because Nick is a very gifted writer. He's very funny. Um, don't you shake your head at me, Nick Delgadillo. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that we have. Uh, next week, we're... You know, the theme of this one was kind of simulated worlds. Next week we're doing, um, I'm calling it Auteurs in History. And so we'll be doing The Last Duel and Benedetta. Um, because Ridley Scott and Paul Verhoeven are undoubtedly auteurs. Um, and and I, I think it'll be interesting to see them tackle uh historical period because also Ridley Scott does such a great job with period films in general um crazy white men <laughs> and so white men are dangerous that's right <laughs> and so we've um we've got a pretty good lineup for y'all I think that it'll be a good episode I might try and get a, a guest for that one if I can um Nick thank you as always for coming on and, and giving us your time I know that you're a very busy man Thanks. It's funny. I was excited to talk about The Matrix, and then I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Um, I bit off more than I could chew. Oh, no, you did fine. Um, I, it's, a, it's a big movie to chew on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I, I read Walter Chaw's review of it, and he hated it. Um, <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, I, can I but, show you something? Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> yes! Oh my god. Okay. So, a little story time. Once upon a time, Nick and I were exchanging Jar Jar Binks gifts back and forth Uh, and it started with nick getting me uh, a jar jar action figure and so then i in turn decided that the the thing that i needed to get him was back when phantom menace came out they made these three inflatable chairs uh there was one for padme one for darth maul and one for jar jar and i'm astounded i got him the jar jar one and, you know, it was still in the box and stuff. And what he just showed us was the inflated Jar Jar. I am astounded that thing actually fucking inflated. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's not fully 
I, I don't have like an air device. I blew about as much as I could, just like myself, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's large. No, yeah. Um, did it, I, I'm, I'm honestly amazed it still functioned, but it didn't have like a leak in it or anything. It's good to go. Hell yeah. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> no, that was the best was... thing ever. That was. Who's ready to sit in Papa's lap? <laughs> Misa. Uh, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Thank you. That was exactly the note that I needed. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that your son enjoys it. Um, He's scared of it right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's understandable. <laughs> rightfully, rightfully so. It's just unblinking, you know. It's just this deranged, unblinking face. They all come around eventually. Jar Jar is the key to all this. <laughs> if we can get Jar Jar working. We've never had a character this funny in Star Wars. <laughs> it's so dense. <laughs> There's just a visual effect shot every frame. Um, <laughs> Good times. Woo. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> and on that note, um, thank you. I think we might have gone too far in a few places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, thank you guys for listening, especially for this last arranged part of it. Um, as always, you know, come and check us out on thefilmbuds.com. Give us a review. Check out everything that Nick does. Um, he's better at this than I am. Um, and so thank you, you know, Ridiculous. for listening. Ridiculous. <laughs> Disgusting and... what you said. <laughs> should be. And... Should, I mean, you should. I'm sorry to say it. You should be killed. You should be shot. <laughs> I don't. Well. I don't advocate for gun violence, but it's it's over for you. So. Well, damn. It's because I'm so bad at this. Oh, um, no, <laughs> I think I'll double down. We've, um, we've, we've, we've backfired. Stand down. We went too far. Um, but no, thank you it's for so listening. It's so dense. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.